the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this Monday, March 12, 2018, and as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business your dreams, and your ideas, a huge success. Well, hello, ladies. How are you today? I trust that you have had just a fabulous weekend and that you took some time, of course, to do what? Joy pamper yourself. That's right. It is your responsibility to keep and maintain joy in your life, and that means even making sure that you put yourself in front of the right people, in the right environment and that you personally are taking action on things that make you smile, that give you that warm feeling inside to say, hey, you know what, life is okay because I am in control of my life and I am bringing my own joy. Now, of course, you know I have to go there and ask you right now, Uh, If on Sunday, which was yesterday, if you took the time to review your calendar and ensure that all activities and tasks scheduled are supporting your goals for this week. Listen, you should have identified what goals you want to accomplish this Friday, right? And it's so important that you literally, you know, wipe out all of the noise and really get down to the very things that you need to be doing that are going to help you to accomplish your goals so that so that by the end of this week, uh, usually work week, which is Friday, you will be able to say, hey, you know what, I got these goals accomplished and this was so important to me. Now, if you didn't do that, do so immediately following this show. Hold it priority and take swift and immediate action. Now, all this month during the month of March, our theme is Savvy Marketing, understanding the basics of marketing for your business success. So, of course, each Monday this month, I'll be covering a different aspect of marketing and sharing with you how you can start implementing the things that you hear on the show. On today's lineup, I also, of course, have five questions to generate cash in 2018. I'll be reading a book excerpt from the book Making Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits by Joyce Meyer. We'll be on Chapter 7, um, Behavior, Healthy Habits. So we're going to be talking about that today. And then, of course, I'll be covering our hot topic uh, based on our theme, Finding your target market. So many people are confused about finding a target market. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's going on with that portion of planning for your marketing and why is it that so many people uh, really run away from finding their target market and how that can be one of the biggest mistakes of all in the life of your business. Now, for those of you that are new to the show, I want to just quickly share what we're all about. Successful Woman Radio is all about providing women in business with a positive environment where you can be motivated, encouraged, and inspired to create a successful life and generating the income that you desire. So please make sure you mark your calendar for every single Monday, including holidays, for 12 p.m. Eastern time and be empowered with information that you can put to use right away every day, okay? Um, If you need to listen to previous broadcasts of the show, simply visit womenaboutbiz.net, again, womenaboutbiz.net, and in the top right right menu bar, um, click on podcast. And once you click on podcast, right there in the right-hand column, there is a, uh, a blog talk player, which will allow you to listen to our previously broadcasted show so that you will stay up to date. Now, a lot of people that listen to the show have taken my suggestion and have created for themselves 
a successful woman radio journal, and that's basically just a simple spiral-bound notebook that's dedicated to the notes you take from the show. So, you know, you can start your Successful Woman Radio Journal. Um, You can jot down your notes based on the topic of the day. And then ask yourself the question, you know, how can I put this into action for my business, right? How can I start implementing this so that I can start seeing some results? And, of course, as always, you want to date each of your journal entries in your Spiral Bound Notebook. You want to, at the very top, put with the theme of the uh, show is for the month because I always will share that with you and then the topic for the day and then proceed with doing some bullet points or outlines for your show notes. I have a lot of people tell me they're able to flip back to different time frames and, um, and look at the different topics that they have uh, listened to on the show. Um, and they'll be dealing with a particular problem in their business, and they can go back and they can look at uh, some of the things that I have shared. And that's what it's all about. It is my desire, my passion to empower you with those resources and that information. And a lot of it has been based off of my own personal experiences. And um, But that's how we teach people, right? That's how we learn. That's how we improve the world. From our own personal experiences, we are then going to learn Uh, from those experiences, and then uh, once we have positive results, we need to be sharing those experiences and those results so other people uh, can, can learn from that and also that it can shorten their learning curve so that they can move even faster. And that's what we're all about right here on Successful Woman Radio. Want to make sure you also bless the life of another businesswoman, another associate, anybody that you know that has been talking about starting a business, and make sure that they have the phone number for the show. Again, if you have a pen in hand, it is 347-637-2589. And for all of you with smart devices, listen, there's no reason why you shouldn't have Successful Woman Radio locked into your phone with the show phone number um, so that you can easily just press a button and listen to the show. I want to give a shout-out to all of the women who have full-time jobs but still find a way to listen to the show, and it's many of you. And I just want to thank you and let you know how grateful I am to you and how proud I am of you that um, you realize that you can support yourself even when you are in a full-time position of listening to the show and letting these positive words, this positive information absorb uh, in your mind so that you can take action when you get off of work and start uh, working on your desire of growing or starting your very own business. I want to go ahead now and move right into the five questions to generate cash in 2018. Now, again, for those of you that are new to the show, uh, each year I come up with a set of questions that I believe um, will not only help me, but will help you to evaluate yourself, to um, dig deeper beneath the surface, and help you to answer those questions and literally figure out ways that you can grow, that you can expand your business. And not only that, that you can expand yourself as a great leader of your business. So very, very important. So starting with question number one, it's what must I do to achieve my sales goals this week or month? Here's question number two. Am I consistent in implementing my marketing system to attract new leads. And, of course, all this month our theme is Savvy Marketing, and today we're going to be talking about uh, finding your target market. So definitely you want to get out your pen and notepad for that a little bit later. But being consistent in implementing your marketing system is the only way you're going to find out what works and what does not work, right? And um, that is just as important as an effective marketing system itself because you're never going to be able to improve yourself and to fine-tune and to craft your niche in marketing until you're able to measure the results you're getting. And you can't measure when you're not consistent. Here's question number three. Have I identified a minimum of three new people 
to talk with daily about the benefits of using my services or products. Now, I've been getting a lot of feedback from this, and I've been having some emails from individuals that are saying that they are finding it somewhat challenging to talk with three new people, let alone five new people daily. They just don't see how I'm doing it. Okay, so here's what what needs to happen. When you start out anything new, the thing you need to understand is that don't bombard yourself necessarily with the full, complete um, system or design of how it should be going. Start off slow because you've got to crawl before you can walk. So what I suggest that you do is start off with one new person to talk to daily about the benefits of using your services or products. And then as you get used to the system, as you get used to how that process works, then what you want to do, you got to stretch yourself, right? you got to stretch yourself to grow. Then you want to start moving up to two people, three people, eventually until you move up to five people daily, right? And I've had people um, that are service-oriented business where it's literally dependent upon them getting out there and talking to people and closing the sales. They may speak to 10 or 15 people every single day, five days a week. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, but what I'm saying is that you have to evaluate your business. And sometimes if, you, if you're the only one that is doing the marketing and your business is dependent upon you getting out there in front of people, going to networking events, and letting people know what you do, you've got to start somewhere, right? And so you start with one, but you definitely have to quickly move up to two or three. And then if you're going to be um, depending on that particular method or mode uh, for a large portion of your marketing, then, of course, certainly you're going to have to increase it to more than five people daily. You know, you may talk to 10 to 15 people daily. So it's going to be left up to you, but certainly you got to crawl before you walk. And so, therefore, start out with the one. Don't overstress yourself with this. Um, just start out with one person. But, again, it gets easier when you're doing other going to aid or support this very uh, technique or method, such as going to making sure that you're consistent in going to at least two networking events per week, right, uh, making sure um, that you are – uh, putting yourself in the position to speak in front of a group of people or being the ambassador for your company, making sure that you're doing the right kind of social media by educating individuals. And that's going to be very important. So there are a lot of things that you can be doing to support connecting with three new people on a daily basis. Here's question number four. What are the business goals that I need to accomplish this week? Again, what are the business goals that I need to accomplish this week? You know, again, um, it kind of sounds like if you, if you listen to the question, it kind of sounds like question number one and question number four are one and the same. Question number one is what must I do to achieve my sales goals? And then question number four are what are the business goals? But there are more business goals than just sales, right? You've got uh, marketing goals. You've got uh, maybe your website that you need to be working on. There are other things that you might be needing to address that fit in the description of business goals. So you need to identify what those are. And then lastly, number five in the five questions to generate cash, what must I change about my leadership? Again, what must I change about my leadership to move my business forward? What must I change about my leadership to move my business forward. This question is very important to me, and um, I tell you quite a while back that if I am going to be successful at anything that I do, it first has to start with me being the type of leader that my business needs. You know, we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing everything that we need to do for our business, but we can really be more assured of that fact if we would create a position description for ourselves, a position description of what we should be doing as the ambassador, as the CEO of our company, then we can be assured, right? So you need to be doing this. And if you don't have a position description for yourself as the owner, as the CEO of your company, I, I'm telling you, I urge you to really work on 
doing that this week. So very, very important. It's so many businesswomen out there that are unclear about who they are and what role they should be playing in their business, but it can get better if you go ahead and create your position description. So here's a quick way to do that. Number one, um, pretend that you are getting ready to hire somebody to replace you as the owner or as the CEO of your company, meaning they're going to be responsible for running the day-to-day operations. They're going to be responsible for supervising all of the people, Um, even if you don't have any people. Pretend. Come on, go with me. They're going to be responsible, okay, for your company's success. But they are responsible all according to you every week how things are going. So, they have to provide a report to you. Ask yourself, what would I want to see on that report? What are some of the things? And then just bullet point that. What is it that I would want to see on the report that a CEO that I've hired is responsible for getting to me? I'm chairman of the board, and they are responsible for getting to me a weekly report of what I should, of things that I should be looking at to see how the company is getting along. So I'll give you an example. Um, I personally, if I hire somebody to be the CEO of Women About Biz, first of all, I definitely want to know how many new members were signed up for the week. I would definitely want to know what marketing um, methods are working and what is the percentage of Uh, members that we have received as a result of the marketing. So, you know, break it down. These members were referred. These members uh, came from this particular marketing uh, technique. Uh, Very, very important. I would also want to know what new programs are coming out for the month, Uh, and I would like to see a description of that. See, that's me. That's based on if I were the CEO, hiring the CEO, the things that I would want to see. Now, what do you need to see from your business, okay? Very, very important. Now, another way to look at um, a position description, I don't want you to copy word for word, but I want you to get an aha moment or a good idea, is that you can go to career.com or you can go to Indeed, I-N-D-E-E-D.com, and then you can – uh, search for, you know, um, the role of manager, management positions, or you can search for vice president needed or uh, CEO needed. You can just put in those phrases and see what it pulls up as far as a leadership position. And then you can look at how they have phrased uh, uh, the position description and then let that be kind of like a guide for you to write a position description for your company. Now, I just someone just texted me, how long should it be? You know, that's going to be dependent on you. But what I would say is just make it, a, uh, keep it simple and make it a page by bullet pointing everything, okay? Very important. But this is something that you want to do because this can give you some aha moments as to what really has been going on with perhaps the lack of money coming into the business or the lack of response when you market, and it can also give you clarity about the role that you should be playing because some of you are going to find out when you create your position description, you're going to learn that you haven't been doing any of those things, that the leader, the role of the CEO visionary has been missing or lacking from your company. But see, it's better that we discover these things rather than the business to fail as they are, rather than us, uh, the business to fail, and we find out later after we've shut doors that we could have been correcting all of this, right? So this is why as the CEO, as the leader of your company, it's also your responsibility to evaluate, to delve deep beneath the surface and learn about the things that are supposed to be in place to make your business successful. So there you have it, ladies, five questions to generate cash in 2018. You can re-listen to this from the broadcast. You visit um, womenaboutbiz.net and click on podcast in the top menu bar. Uh, On that page, you'll be able to listen to today's broadcast and previous broadcasts. So if you need to go back over these questions, listen to some of the things that I'm sharing with you as I share these questions, then just go back and listen to the previous broadcast. Remember, 
you have the power to create your streams of abundance, and it all begins with you taking swift and immediate action. So very, very important. So I want to kind of share with you um, something that happened on uh, last week as I discussed with one of my uh, clients who works from home, and she said it was okay that I kind of shared this. So she had been listening to the show, and she has been listening to the book excerpts from um, the book that we're reading this month, Making Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits. And, you know, she wanted to, um, she scheduled a power talk, and she wanted to talk about um, habits that she felt was really holding her back or preventing her from really having a successful business. And uh, in a nutshell, she basically said to me, she says, Trina, I'm really worried about myself and um, being the type of leader that my business really needs to take it to another level. She says, you know, I'm bringing in about $2,500 a month, but I can't seem to push it past that amount. And she says, I know it's because I'm in the labor mode. I'm laboring and I'm not being the leader. And she says, you know, when we were talking about the, when you were reading the excerpt um, from the Making Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits, she says, I listed all of the habits that I feel are really contributing to me not being more successful in my business. And she said, it's so many habits that I fear I will not be able to even begin to address all of them, and I will not be able to make this business successful. So I don't know. I just really need to um, really sit down and make some decisions on whether I need to hire somebody, bring somebody in, whether uh, whether I will ever be the type of leader because I procrastinate too much. I do. So she went on and on and on. And so the one thing that I shared with her is that if we are hard on ourselves, the the purpose of evaluating ourselves and the purpose of uh, measuring uh, results and the purpose of looking at how we can improve is not so that we can be so hard on ourselves, it overwhelms us and causes us to be in a big ball of procrastination altogether. That is definitely not my intention and it should not be your intention. So what I said to her was that um, what you first have to do is identify the first few things that really need to change in your business that you need to address because there's going to be many. But first identify the uh, items that really need to be addressed first, things that you may you realize that you should be doing but you're not doing. And then let's just take a look at um, the habits that you say are holding you back or preventing you from doing those things. And what we really discovered as we looked for solutions to how she could move forward as she worked on herself, what we really discovered is that a lot of the um, areas that she felt she was failing in and could not get done, a lot of those things had to do with her not having the skills to get a certain task done. So she was uh, she was procrastinating simply because she didn't know how to get those things done, and she was confusing whether or not it was a bad habit or whether or not it was a skill that she actually lacked. And that's what we determined. It was actually a skill that she lacked. But here's the thing. Yes, when you run a small business and you need a lot of things done, sometimes it's hard to listen to a a person say uh, you need to delegate these things if you don't have the skill, especially if you don't have the money for a person to go out and um, to do the things that you need them to do. Um, But I still stand by that. As a leader of your business, and this is exactly what I told her, As a leader of your business, it's your responsibility that if you don't have the skill to do something that's really needed in your business, you have to find a way to delegate that to someone else and to hire or find someone that can help you. 
okay? Because the diamonds are always in your backyard. You're always going to be able to find someone, uh, but it just sometimes it's going to take a little bit of time, you know? And so what I mentioned to her is let's fall back on your ability to find someone who can help you do some of these things that you have. So, for example, she uh, needed some graphic design work done, and she wasn't happy with um, some of the cheaper uh, services that she had received, and she didn't feel that they really gave her the look, the pop, that she was looking what she saw on her competitors and what she liked of her competitors. And so um, we brainstormed a little bit, and I said, well, you know what? Okay, so you don't have the money. Let's, uh, let's brainstorm, and we did, and we came up with the fact that she lived in an area where they had one of the top graphic design uh, schools, um, and I suggested to her that she go and approach uh, at the school or go to the student activity center at the school and put up a flyer um, small business owner with a low budget needs a graphic designer who can help her bring and create professional graphics. Um, and so this is exactly what we talked about, right? And that very same day, she didn't go to the school, but she actually called and talked to one of the counselors, and guess what? They gave her the name of two people that were getting ready to graduate and go do this very job for companies full time. They said maybe they can help you because they're trying to build their portfolio. So voila, now she is going to be talking to two people. So she finally got her aha moment about habits. Her habit, the habit that was holding her back was not the fact that um, she was procrastinating, not only that she was procrastinating, and not the habit that she didn't know how to do a graphic design. That wasn't a, a habit that was the problem. The habit uh, that was the problem is that she was refusing to ask for the help. She was refusing to brainstorm and look for ways to overcome the solution. So I'm, I'm, I'm using this just to tell you, a lot of you, the problem that you're having when you're not seeing results or when you feel overwhelmed and you've got so much on your plate, it doesn't have anything to do with the habit or the lack of skill as much as it has to do with the, um, the habit of procrastination or the habit of refusing to ask for the help. And I know as women we have this problem. We don't always ask for the help. That is a huge issue for a lot of us that we need to overcome and overcome quickly, okay? That's a habit that can wreak havoc, H-A-D-O-C, in our lives and in our businesses. Look, we have to admit that, you know, when we're leaders, our skill set can only go so far. And even if you do know how to do something, you still need to ask for the help because you've got to stay focused as the leader. So I shared that with you for you to understand that you've got to get out of the habit of always thinking that you have to do everything. And that is really what her habit was. Um, While she was thinking that her habit that she really needed to work on was I really need to learn how to do graphic design. I really need to learn how to create headers for my website. I really need to learn how to do these things. And I know the mindset of business women, especially those of us who are solo entrepreneurs and micro business owners, we're always thinking that we need to do it. Even when we hear someone say you need to delegate, we're always thinking that we are the ones that are supposed to be doing it, okay? So, again, the habit that we determined that she had an issue was was not that of lacking a skill set and her constantly trying to do things. It it really was, you know, um, a habit of her not taking action and, and delegating and finding someone else and admitting that she needed help. She had a habit of not admitting that. And maybe some of you who are listening have this very same habit and it has been holding you back for weeks, months, or years. 
So think about something that you should have been uh, should have been completed, a task that should have been completed, and you're still holding on to it because you refuse to ask for the help or you're using the excuse of money to hold you back from moving forward when you can sit yourself down and try your very best to come up with solutions. The other thing I want to mention to you is it helps when you have someone that you can talk to someone that you can brainstorm with, right? And this is why the world of coaching has exploded and become so so revolutionary. It's because coaches can help you get to the next level. And so with that said, again, I want to offer you um, a power talk. Each year at Women About Biz, we offer at no cost, a free power talk session, which is a 30 to 45-minute coaching session where we can brainstorm, find solutions, talk about ways to market your business, talk about ways to push past your fears, talk about ways, right, to um, adopt and bring on better habits so that you can be the leader that your business needs to be. So I'm going to quickly tell you how do you tap into that resource How do you step beyond your comfort zone and say, hey, I need help, I need to talk with you? Well, you can start first by just scheduling that Power Talk coaching session, okay? So to do that, you're simply going to go to womenaboutbiz.net. Again, that's womenaboutbiz, B-I-Z as in zebra, .net, N-E-T. And you are going to click on coaching in the top menu bar. And once you get to coaching, if you'll notice, um, free Power Talk coaching session is kind of like the first highlighted item that we have um, on the page. You'll click on that, and then it will take you right to uh, the Power Talk application. The first thing it asks you is like, okay, let's go ahead and get it scheduled, and then it will ask you a few questions, and voila, it's completed. So don't be hard-headed. Don't procrastinate. Don't just listen to me talk and say, oh, that sounds so nice. That sounds so good. I really get encouraged. Take it to the next level and take advantage of the Power Talk session. Trust me, you will love uh, what we come up with. You're going to enjoy the brainstorming. And it helps, again, as I said before, it really does help to have someone to really talk things through, to work things out. And this gives you that opportunity to see just how um, coaching with me works, but you're going to get plenty of meat, plenty of information that's going to help you uh, to take action on some things right away. It is 1230 after the hour, and you are listening to no other than the Successful Woman radio show. I'm so glad that you are here with us. Um, today and um, again, we this whole month is Women's History Month, and I'm so excited uh, that there is such an organization that celebrates the the um, ingenuity of women all over the the nation who has helped to make great nation. And there are many many women. So right now, I didn't get a chance to last week, but I want to go ahead and I want to honor um, the first of many women who are being celebrated this month for their contributions in a historical manner to our society, to who we are uh, today as a nation. The first woman I want to salute is Susan Burton. After Susan Burton's five-year-old son was accidentally hit and killed by a car, she numbed her, uh, numbed her grief through alcohol and drugs. As a result, she became trapped in the criminal justice system for nearly two decades before finding freedom and sobriety in 1997. Just one year later, Burton founded a nonprofit dedicating her life to helping others break the cycle of incarceration. Susan Burton founded a New Way of Life Reentry Project in 1998. Starting with just one house in Los Angeles, she initially found participants at the bus stop where former prisoners were released. 
She now operates five residential homes and provides resources such as case management, employment, and pro bono legal services. Her organization has provided direct services to more than 1,000 women, over 75% of them whom stay drug-free and out of prison. She is the co-founder of All of Us Are None and the formerly formerly incarcerated and convicted people's movement. Both are now national grassroots civil rights movements comprised of formerly incarcerated individuals, their families, and community allies. In collaboration with UCLA, which is the University of California, Los Angeles, Right? She launched the Employment Rights Reentry Legal Clinic, which has grown to be the largest of its kind in Southern California. She has earned numerous awards and honors and is widely recognized as a leader in the criminal justice reform movement. She is a past Soros Justice Fellow, Women's Policy Institute Fellow, and Community Fellow under the California Wellness Foundation's Violence Prevention Initiative. She has served on the state's Little Hoover Commission and Gender Responsive Strategies Task Force and was named a CNN Top Ten Hero in 2010. Burton was named by the Los Angeles Times as one of the 18 new civil rights leaders in the nation. Her memoir, Becoming Miss Burton from Prison to Recovery to Leading the Fight for Incarcerated Women, was released in 2017. And so, Susan, Women About Biz salutes you for being someone who stood up and who fought for the rights of others. And we thank you for helping women and men who have been incarcerated. We thank you for helping those individuals to know that there is a better way. Again, we salute Susan Burton. And for all of you who are listening to this, I want to encourage you to support and look at the National Women's History Project. You can visit their website, nwhp.org. Again, nwhpsnproject.org. This is a wonderful organization, and they really do a lot in bringing to light a lot of the wonderful things that women are doing all across our nation. Stay tuned for next week as I share with you uh, Margaret Dunkel, who also played a key role in implementing the Title IX, the law that transforms education for women and girls. So stay tuned. I'll read that on next Monday. And again, make sure you go and visit the National Women's History Project. Their website is nwhp.org. You know, I always want to um, give recognition to any organization that does just such a wonderful job in helping our girls and younger females to know just how impactful women are on our nation. And this is one of those organizations. So a salute to the National Women's History Project as well. I want to go ahead right now and read for you an excerpt from our book club book of the month, Making Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits. And um, I'm going to read to you from Chapter 7, and um, this is behavior number four that she's talking about, healthy habits. The author goes on to say that more good habits, the more good habits you develop, the less you will have to fight with bad ones. I'm a strong believer in concentrating on good things rather than bad ones. Healthy habits actually solve a lot of other bad habits. For example, if I feel healthy and energetic, I'm more likely to be easy to get along with, and I don't have to deal with the bad habit of being grouchy. When I feel good, I am happier, friendlier, and I display more patience. The world is filled with unhealthy people. Billions of dollars are spent on visits to doctors and on medicines and treatments to help us feel better. Probably millions of hours are spent on our illnesses when many of them could have been avoided by making healthy habits earlier in life. Please don't wait until you are sick to choose health. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, as they say. In my book, Look Great, Feel Great, I cover many principles of prevention in detail. But in this chapter, I want to speak to you about some of the ones that are perhaps the most urgent for all of us. 
She says, your body is God's house. You were bought with a price, purchased with a precious and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him. Are you an investor or a gambler? Are you investing in good health now so you'll reap benefits later? Or are you gambling that you can do nothing or even abuse yourself by having many unhealthy bad habits and get by with it? Sadly, many people are gamblers where their health is concerned, but they are not wise. A wise man will invest in his own self by making choices that will keep him healthy and strong, not only in the present, but in later years as well. Just as a wise financial investor will do without some things now in order to invest for the future, so we should discipline ourselves to conserve our energy and health. According to God's word, we are his temple or his house. He lives within us. The Old Testament instructions on how to build, decorate, and care for the temple were detailed and abundant. It was not supposed to fall into despair due to periods of negligence. And if it did, entire programs were designed to rebuild and repair it. Do you need a fresh coat of paint or do you need an entire program to rebuild and repair your health? If you need to develop healthy habits, put them at the top of your list of habits to develop, possibly right after developing the habit of spending time with God, because your health affects you and all the people you are in relationship with in a variety of ways. One of the ways we can show our love and appreciation for God is by being good stewards of the health. He gives us. Your body is the vehicle you need to get around the earth in, and if you destroy it, you cannot go to a store and purchase another one. God has a destiny for you, and there is some special assignment that only you can fulfill. It is important that you live long enough to do whatever it is that God has assigned you. She says, late in 2006, I got tired of feeling tired too much of the time and not liking the way I was starting to look physically. So I went on a program to rebuild and repair my body. I felt that God had shown me that if I didn't begin to exercise regularly, I would not be strong for the last third of my journey here on earth. It is very important to me that I finish what God has me here for. So I took his instructions seriously. She says, I signed a one-year contract at a gym, secured a trainer and nutritionist, and went to work. Years later, I'm very glad I took action when I did. Yes, I was sore much of the time and missed some of the fatty, sweet foods I was accustomed to eating, but I survived. And before long, I had developed healthier habits. It required and still requires an investment of my time, but I believe I am a better person today than I was then in many ways. Just as Mark Twain said, the only way to keep your health is to eat what you don't want, drink what you don't like, and do what you'd rather not. In many ways, this is a true statement, but the good news is that even though you may start out not liking some of the things you will need to do, eventually you will become accustomed to them and you will crave them as much as you now dislike them. If you have to miss going to the gym for a few days, my mother I'm sorry, she says, if I have to miss going to the gym for a few days, my muscles actually crave the workout. Sounds impossible, I know, but it's true. Today I'm craving vegetables and will have several different grilled or steamed vegetables for lunch. I can hardly believe it myself, but I'm being truthful. Our bodies are not really all that intelligent. They just crave what we repeatedly give them. If it is bad, they will want what is bad. And if it is good, they will want that. You can retrain yourself to enjoy healthy choices in all areas of your life. And I'll stop right there, but this is Chapter 7, Healthy Habits, and wow, I absolutely agree with everything she says. If you haven't picked up a copy of this book yet, this is certainly one of the books that should be in your success library. Now, you do have a successful library, right? Um, this this is very, very important. This book, Make ha Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits, has really helped me since I've been reading it this last uh, couple of months, since January, and I encourage you to get a copy for yourself. Now, we only pick out, usually from some chapters in the book, we'll pick out uh, some of the excerpts that we want you to hear. So you're going to have to get the book and really read the book in depth. Go as slow as you need to, but this book is really good in helping you to understand how you are in control 
control of the habits that impact and influence your life. So you've got to make sure, right? Got to make sure that you pick those good habits that are going to help you to be healthy, that are going to help you to have a better personal life and help you to have a better business. So very, very important. And, you know, just being transparent, I will tell you guys, you know, I went on this trip to Las Vegas um, for one of my credit um, repair conferences, um, and I came back and I had been exercising consistently, walking on my treadmill, and I got myself out of that habit when and it, it was just a new habit that I had picked up. So I quickly got myself out of that habit, all because my subconscious mind still had not been trained to desire getting on that treadmill every day. And so you guys pray for me because I'm trying to get back on that treadmill every single day for those fifteen minutes, twice a day if possible. So many of you can probably identify with some of the things that I'm saying, and uh, you you can probably identify with what I've just read from the book about uh, health. If you had better health, if you were uh, at a lower weight, uh, you would have more energy. If you were eating the right foods, you would not feel as tired all of the time. So let us all encourage one another and let us move forward and wanting to have healthy bodies. You have a healthy body, believe it or not, you can have a healthy business because it impacts and influences the energy level that you have to be the ambassador for your business. Again, I just read an excerpt from the book, Making Good Habits, Breaking Bad Habits, by author, one of my favorite people, Joyce Meyer. Okay, we're going to go ahead and delve right into our hot topic of today, finding your target audience. Well, our theme all this month, again, is savvy marketing. And, you know, a savvy marketer is uh, someone who is in the know, meaning they keep themselves in the know. They, their goal is to master uh, a particular topic or something that they need to stay in touch with. And so, again, um, savvy marketing. And today, you know, I chose target marketing, finding your target market. And so what is target marketing, okay? How do you find a target market? Well, the, the, the first thing you need to understand is that really no marketing should be done at all in your business if you are – uh, so unclear on your target market that you don't know who to market to. You're just haphazardly pushing things out there, hoping somebody catches it and somebody will be interested in what you are sharing. And you can get yourself in the habit of doing that so badly that um, you're not getting any results or making any money in your business, right? So one of the reasons why I think a lot of solo entrepreneurs, a lot of business women, especially just kind of run away from figuring this part of marketing out is that it gets a little bit overwhelming. Target, finding your target market is not precise. It's not a precise science, right? Like one plus two is three. That's precise. It's not a precise science, and it's something that you're going to have to continually, gradually grow into and discover. And um, these days in the 21st century, even when you have found your target market, sometimes it's your target market for a time, and then your target market begins to change um, based on the times itself and based on the type of business that you have. So I guess what I'm saying here is that the first thing you need to understand about finding your target market is that it's not going to be a clear-cut answer, or, um, and it's not going to be a clear-cut solution. This is something that you will grow into and that you will refine and get better. But this is why you will definitely have to go through what I call the discovery period of finding your target market. So this is where I want to actually start you at, okay? So, again, your target market are, uh, is a – or I should say it is a group of individuals, right, that have specific characteristics uh, as it pertains to them being attracted to what you're offering, okay? So, again, it's a group of individuals that has a specific set of characteristics that is attractive to what you are offering, 
okay? And in order for you to find your target market, there are some things that have to be put in place first, right? So the first thing is is that um, you have to know without a doubt what is the main pain in your uh, that people who are using your product or service, what is their main pain that you can alleviate or what is their main need that you can fulfill? You've got to quickly understand that. Very, very important. For example, someone who owns a gift bag of business might say, well, the main, the main need that someone has is that they're trying to get a gift basket, but that's not necessarily true. That sounds the, that's the easy way out to say, well, my target market are people who are looking for gift baskets. Since I do a gift basket business, that's my target market. That's not true because that's not how it started. Your target market, if you were a gift basket owner uh, or one of the target markets, could be individuals, right, that were looking for ideas to give someone a gift. That could be your target market. They need ideas to give a person a gift. And so it may not have been a gift basket, but then once they started looking at ideas of the gifts that they could give, gift baskets was one of them, okay, um, and then, you know, you could find a target market where people who love gift baskets, they are gift basket fanatics. They like gift baskets because the gift baskets already contain uh, fun items, right? And then you could break it down even more. If you, get, if you, uh, you can find a target market of people that love different types of gourmet chocolate, and they always want to give a gourmet chocolate gift basket. So again, it's, as I said before, and as you can hear, it is not cut and dry. you are definitely going to have to really slow it down and really learn all about finding your target market. But the first place that you have to start is you really have to say, okay, am I clear on the main pain point that I can alleviate for my customers or am I clear on the main need I can fulfill for my clients? Very, very important. I can tell you right now, um, at Women About Biz, you know, I have identified a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary, which is the third part of my target market. So I have three target markets, right? I have a primary target market. And my primary target market has changed tremendously. It has changed to um, women that are looking for business education. That is my primary market, women who understand and believe that education is key to them being successful in business because that's who we are. We provide business education. And so um, it used to be that I thought my target market was, you know, anybody in business, but that's not true. My second target market is for women who are, uh, looking to join a women's association or organization. They believe in belonging to um, an association or organization because it builds credibility for them, and they're able to say, I belong to a certain organization, blah, blah, blah. So, again, it has changed tremendously for me from what I thought was my target market. And then, again, our third target market is women who are in the business startup phase and are looking for support to get started. So I say all of that to say it's taken me so many years to really begin to discover a target market pattern that worked for women about biz. And so while I have been in discovery of that, I have run across other sub-markets that work well, and I'm able to market to those individuals. But when you're talking about marketing, the biggest thing that you need to understand is that you, you have a primary market. So this is the target market that you're looking for. Who is your primary target customer or client, and what do they look like? So the second thing that you need to do is to create what we call a characteristic profile or better known today as an avatar, 
okay, age, whether it's male or female, um, you know, what are some things about your prospective customer or client that seems to be that they have in common, okay? The third thing is that if you are already currently in business and someone has purchased products or your services, you um, maybe need to also create a survey to ask of them, okay, a carefully drafted survey. So you may need someone who's a marketing consultant to help you with that. But you need to create a, a survey that you send out to those customers or clients asking them to help you um, and, and asking them to, to answer that quick survey. Now, SurveyMonkey is a good source for that, SurveyMonkey.com, okay, uh, is a good source to use for that because it can tally all of your answers and then help you to measure the results and what is going on. But creating surveys and, and sending those surveys out to your current customers, asking your customers to help you with fine-tuning your market, it's okay. That's a good thing because your customer see, oh, she's really working hard to fine-tune this, and I want to help. Um, and so, again, creating that survey of questions will also help you to then look at common characteristics that your customers or your clients might have, and that's going to better help you to reach your target audience as well, okay? So those are some of the things that you need to do in the beginning to start looking for your target market. Now, the other thing is that you're going to also base it off of your own knowledge, okay? Because you came up with the business idea or you purchased the opportunity or the franchise or what have you, so you need to be asking yourself as well, based off of your experience and knowledge, who do you think the target customer is and what are the characteristics that you think they possess? See, a lot of this is going to be based on your own knowledge as well. And this is why I said finding your target market is not a pinpointed science. It is a discovery period that never ends. And I think this is, uh, hopefully this is giving all of you an aha moment to realize, oh, I, this means that finding my target market is always going to put me in a discovery phase. You know, it's not that I'm never going to find the right target market. It's that I'm going to always be fine-tuning my target market. And then depending on the services or products that you add to your, um, to your list of, of uh, items, you may have new target markets that you need to discover as well. So all of these things work hand in hand because they are going to first help you to be able to measure, okay, uh, how results are, your results in marketing is coming. It's going to help you to know what type of marketing you need to do right? Because in your survey, for example, you can ask, how did you learn about us? Was it online? Was it through an ad? Was it a word of mouth, right? And I can tell you right now, I know a lot of small business owners, the majority are telling me that a lot of people are learning about them through word of mouth. Um, so it's not uncommon that when you're a solo entrepreneur, you're a uh, micro business, that yes, the word of mouth is going to be very important. And so, therefore, you'll have to put a lot of your time and attention to figuring out how can you capitalize off of word-of-mouth marketing. So finding your target market, I'm going to be sharing some more information on next week as well, giving you some resources. But I first wanted to just start with the basics. So number one, in finding your target market, you first have to also make sure you're clear on the main pain point that you can alleviate or the need that you can fulfill, right? Very, very important. And um, I want to let you know, if you have multiple services or products that don't necessarily relate to one or the other, then you really need to just start with the one service or the one product that you make the most money in or that you feel has the most need or that you can alleviate the most, okay? You really need to narrow that down and focus because sometimes you can have too many products or services that you're trying to market, and it just, it, you know if you're unclear, it'll get everybody else confused, right? So try to pinpoint and narrow down, drill down, and stick with one service or one product and find your target customer or, or client 
for that one service or that one product. Here's number two. I've recommended that you create a characteristic profile, better known as the avatar, um, and you know, that has to do with how old they are, how much money they make in a year. You know, everybody's going to have a different characteristic profile. And then the third thing was to consider if you already have customers and clients, even if it's just five people, to consider creating a survey and ask them to complete the survey for you, okay? And then number four was to base it what you think your target customer is as well. Well, that's all I have for you for today. I hope that you are enjoying listening and hearing information. Don't forget to visit our new uh, newly designed website, womenaboutbiz.net, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.